This is Mark Animal Mac Young talking to you about Heroes 101 Radio. Give them a listen. the awesome, but we'll get to him in a minute. Actually, we won't get to him. I'll, I'll get to telling you about him in a minute. But first, before I bring on my guests, before we talk about the subject of our show, did you vote? Did you go out and vote? Now, normally, I would do anything I could to keep you listening to this show. Right now, I'm saying that if you didn't go and vote, the polls close at 8 here on the hour. West Coast. Move your ass. Go and vote right now. I don't care. You can listen to this on the archives, in the archives, and, and it's more important that you can vote. And if you're one of those people that says, I don't vote because it doesn't make a difference, then you give up the right to bitch and moan about what you don't like. Later. There you go. I've said it. So um, with that, <laughs> welcome to Heroes 101 Radio. For those of you who've just tuned in for the first time, we are a radio show created by this group of people called The Initiative. What the hell is The Initiative? Our definition says that we're a grassroots group of people who have banded together across countries um, to help bring about change in the world. Uh, Basically what we do is we go out and try to do good deeds to help the world. And if that sounds corny, we don't care. We figure we could use a little more corny in the world. So we do that... um, by, oh my God, you know what, I'm not going to go into what we do because we do a lot. And if you think I'm kidding, go check out our page. Go check out our Facebook page. Just put in the Initiative Collective. It'll come up. Or you can check out initiativecollective.com. We do it all. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, my co-host, Specter, uh, had a really great weekend this past weekend. He joined our Misfit team at a Warrior Dash Mud Run obstacle course. Um, the Misfits team is led by this wonderful woman who's also a professional bodybuilder um, named Denise, and she is also Misfit in the real-life superhero world. And if you don't know what the real-life superhero world is, um, in a nutshell, it's a bunch of nerds like us who go out and wear costumes, and then we do our good deeds. Um, but they live a group called the Misfits into the Warrior Dash Mud Run every single year. I think this is the fourth or fifth mud run that they've taken part in. Right. And um, they do it to raise awareness and, and most importantly to raise funds for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And when I say raise funds, I that is a masterpiece of an understatement because they have, in the past four years, raised close to the tune of $100,000. That's right. 
you heard it, $100,000. They're not quite at the $100,000 mark yet. I think they're just a few thousand under, and they are doing a last-minute push. In fact, we're having an extra show on this Thursday just to uh, recount some tales of, of Warrior Dash craziness. Uh, we'll have everybody on the Warrior Dash team calling in on Thursday night and uh, trying to, I won't lie, milk you for a few bucks more to help get us over the $100,000 mark. Um, uh, I think that we need to focus on tonight's show, right, Nightbug? Not to, I think, focus. Yeah. Focus is good. Focus is good, exactly. Especially when we're talking about you. Because you do so much. I, I, okay, we do what we can. Oh, I hear a real fun dog, and that must belong to one of our guests. So we're going to get to the guests. But before we do, uh, really quick, I have to let you guys know. That Stop that infernal noise, Liberty. <laughs> That's a cute dog. <laughs> um, sounds like a big fun dog, too. Our dog is sitting here quietly by my feet because he knows that if he makes any noise right now, he's he's outside. That's it, dude. Uh, just kidding. Uh, he's in my lap. So we have a couple of things coming up that are really important. And anything that we mention tonight, we will provide a link to in our Heroes 101 Radio Facebook page. Just put Heroes 101 Radio in Facebook and we'll come up. And anything we talk about, we'll have a link so that you can find out more about whatever it is you heard. Um, and one of the things that I want to talk about is, is Project Hope San Diego coming up July 30th and 23rd. I'm sorry, Project Hope San Diego. July 23rd, we'll get into that a little later, but it's a once-a-year charitable event for anyone who wants to help in San Diego. We have a homeless outreach event. Um, I'd really love to have a show just about that, but in a nutshell, I'll just say that we look forward to this. It's like somebody called it the Super Bowl of real-life superhero events every year. It's silly. You, you wear a costume. You bring food, toiletries, sleeping bags, backpacks down to hundreds of San Diego's um, homeless population during the Comic-Con weekend. And we do that in Comic-Con because that is the one weekend that San Diego tends to want to clean up the city of San Diego and they push the homeless population to the outskirts and they completely displace them just so fearful cosplaying tourists don't have to see all that. So, um... I'm mentioning that now because I'm going to mention it again later in the show. I'd really like to recruit more people who are listening to come on out, especially those of you who live in California. We could always use more help and more hope. So, um, I think I've chatted enough. Yeah? Usually, have you? I, I have. Because usually when Spectre's on with me, it'll go on and on. So really, those of you waiting for me to shut up, consider it a blessing. There aren't the two of us chatting it up right now because... Yeah, it, it tends to run. Only his voice is a lot nicer to listen to than mine because he's, he's got that lovely, you know, British lilt to it. And, and I've just got this California, you know, thing going on. And Why'd you go all southern? I know, that that's was not, weird. That's not Cali. That wasn't Cali. Should I just go like, you know, like this? I'm insulting all my California brothers. Oh, well you know, done. Well done. Exactly. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop now because the subject we have tonight is, is fascinating. The more I was trying to research research it to prepare for it, uh, especially for my awesome guests, the more it intrigued me. And I realized I should have learned about this a long time ago because stuff, you never know when it's going to come handy. And seriously, it has been 
more recently than we'd like. Um, <clears throat> that our subject is cyber research, sleuthing, etc. And if you don't know what the hell that is, like I barely knew before, you know, this show. Uh, here to tell you more about that. Our gosh, I'm I'm just I'm really excited to bring these people on because what if we haven't talked to, you know, just over the the phone or the radio in years. And although we do see each other on Facebook, and the other one we talk to every now and then, we'd like to talk more. And one of them we've never talked to before, ever. So, and I hear that's the the one we want to hear most because she's got a great accent as well. I love accents. I don't know. With that, I'd like to bring on Zimmer Barnes, who is joining us from Beijing, China right now, where he is the hacker in residence at the, I don't want to butcher the name of the university. Zimmer, what is the name of the university? <laughs> Hi, uh, the name is Tsinghua University. Tsinghua, okay, university. there you go. And um, also, uh, Zimmer is the co-founder of the initiative group that uh that we just told you about a few minutes ago. The other guy who is right there with him from the inception is also on the line and that would be Jack Zero. Um Hello. from the East Coast and sounding like a ghost right what is that? What is that? And You've got a total echo going on, yeah. I thought you were doing that on purpose. No, I'll move farther away. I'll move across the room. Yes, move across the room. I know know you want to be close to each other. You have the voice of three men. Exactly. Now, uh, when I say... Is that better? It's a little bit better. It could get better. Yeah, we'll nag you if it gets worse. I go outside. Yeah, you're stepping on the intro to your lovely partner who is also joining us tonight for the very time. That would be and I love it because it's mysterious and it's wonderful. So to Zimmer, Zero, and M, welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am all your dad. My God. Uh, He gets so weird. Jeez. Now, for people who don't know anything about cyber, you know, web sleuthing, I had never heard of the term um, before this week. And and after researching it, like I said, I'm going, this is fascinating. There's there's just groups dedicated to this. Um, I want to start off asking you guys, and, and you guys can decide uh, who wants to answer this. And if you all want to answer it, that's fine. What? Where did cyber sleuthing start? I mean, I mean, it sure it started a long time ago, but where did the the group, you know, um, get its get its kick? Was there some impetus that you know just suddenly here we go with a group called Web Sleuthers, and and you know now it's it's everywhere. I see that it's everywhere after searching for I it. I just I just want I just want to jump in here real quick and say that I know both M and Zimmer, and I know both of their techniques and their styles mm-hmm. of doing stuff. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they put their heads together here because they go from cl- completely different directions to get the same thing done. So I don't know why I'm really here, because these two are the ones that really know all the shit, but I guess I'm just a middle guy. So I'm kind of here to like express how it would be used and applied to the to the street work. So go ahead, guys. 
Well, there you go. We've got, you know what? Why don't we, ladies first, why don't we start with M? Sure. And, uh, yeah, tell, because, okay. you know what, you guys, I'm turning this all over to you. Because I don't know anything. I'm I'm, I'm just <laughs> average Joe who doesn't know anything about it. And you guys can just please let us know why this is so important and, and how we can become better at it. Because it seems like a skill we should all have. Okay, well, I can just tell you from how I got introduced to it um, quite a while ago. It started with a case, um, this woman in the 1940s called Frances Gresnerby. Uh She was this elderly woman that had a hobby of making dollhouses and uh, miniature dioramas uh, of murder scenes um, from crime scene photos with just the inc- most incredible amount of detail, you know, down to a miniature hat that was left at the crime scene um, her blood splatter layout was just impeccable, and she actually ended up training FBI agents on how to um, observe crime scenes and how to analyze them and um, really just look at all the fine detail. And um, that was my first introduction to you know ordinary people being able to contribute a certain talent um, to law enforcement without actually you know going uh, that career route. Um, that was fascinating for me, and something I've read about as well is a book by uh, Deborah Hulber called The Skeleton Crew, where she talks about uh, web sleuthing, um, you know, her fascination with the community and how it started. She said um, that these, you know, it's a, it's a crowdsourced group of, of ordinary people um, contributing to millions of uh, unsolved, uh, unidentified persons' cases and missing persons' cases. And she said that at the time she was writing, and I think the community solved about 306 unidentified uh, people cases and about 708 missing persons' cases. Um, just, you know, crowdsourcing that info and sharing it online. And I think it's just a, a comprised of a group of people that are, uh, not really intellectually stimulated by their jobs or you know, just want to help or that have a specific skill that they can lend um, to those cases. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting with this that um, <clears throat> it's actually all those people that you know in your life that are out there and have a, a vast, uh, a vast well of like seemingly useless knowledge you know, like this, this is the place for them, like really specific knowledge about certain things. It's like this is, you need to drive them towards doing this. And may I remind everybody before, if anybody's out there scoffing at the idea of web soaping, is that she just said they solved, what was it, 309, you said? Uh, 306, yeah, unidentified. 300, 306 missing, you know, unsolved cases. That's, that's, about, that's about 300% more than the RLSH have solved. Sorry, I gotta say, that's true. No apologies, Nick. Cool. Hey. <laughs> no. There's about, I think, forty thousand pending missing persons cases in the United States, cold cases. So that's that's great. That's a chip off the, off the yeah. yeah. Well, if you think about it, that that makes absolute sense because not everyone can get out and put on a costume and go, you know, stalk, you know, the, the streets at night looking, Bullshit. you know, to help, somebody, you know, <laughs> right? So it's, it's some have, like you said, these, these wonderful talents and can do this from the, the, you know, privacy and the comfort of their own home. And they can dedicate so much more time to doing something like this than they can to, oh, God, I can't patrol every night. 
You know, I, I, I some yeah. like if they even do it once a week. So yeah. absolutely, they've they've got the most amazing people working with them. There's this one woman that can scan images and look at photos of faces and retain all the images in her head, and she's I think contributed to eight uh, solved cases now. Um, it's pretty cool. Wow. I do want to jump in here really quickly just to correct the record. Um, we did uh there was a unfortunately a guy that went um went missing in New York. He was a adult that uh had uh, pretty serious uh, mental difficulties and went missing. And you've got to remember this, Jack. We made like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those little flyers and we we copied Mr. Extreme's method of like writing in Sharpie on on his picture and we put them up yeah. goddamn everywhere, all over New York, all over the subway. Absolutely. Uh, that guy was found. Absolutely. I, I'm I'm not I'm not dis- I'm not discounting. I'm not saying that Arliss Hatching and doing the things we did was absolutely useless. I'm, I'm saying these two things need to be married. These these two ideas, these two sorry, I'm outside. These two approaches need to be married. And if they if, and and if they don't, if you don't have a street team doing stuff, in addition to this this web sleuthing team who are doing stuff, then you're not getting into the entire picture. I would agree. Uh, yeah, boots on the ground and the you know doing this because I know Zimmer for the longest time you had this great Oracle project going on, and um, it had a ton of. Um, useful information for especially for real life superheroes to to utilize in their crime solving. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it just grew uh out of a out of a need for me to organize all of my tools in one place and I put them online so other people could see uh and eventually it opened up into a wiki so a lot of people made adjustments to it and added stuff that I would never think to add. Um someone added um how to like disarm bombs and like recognize explosives. So that was fantastic. That's not something I know about. Uh, so it became a really good resource, and it's still out there. It's just archived. There, it was on a on a website that was hosting it for free, and it was switching over to quite a high pay service, and it wasn't being modified at all. So I said, okay, if it doesn't get modified in the next 30 days, I'll just archive it and leave the archive. And it wasn't, so I archived it. But I've been getting a lot of requests for it, so maybe we'll start it back up. Um, yeah, there's, there's a ridiculous amount of stuff on that site. Yeah. Yeah. I've got all the HTML links. I can send it to anybody that's interested. Um, and it's hosted on um, my blog, and I can, I can give you the link to that for your show notes. Um, but my biggest takeaway was that there's not so much dangerous neighborhoods, but neighborhoods that are dangerous at specific times. So if you look at... Um, different crime blotters, and a lot of big cities, uh, newspapers will have a crime blotter for different neighborhoods. You can break it down and see that it's not like a neighborhood is a war zone 24-7. It's really only dangerous at certain peak times, and maybe only for certain crimes. So, for example, some neighborhoods in New York, you're really likely to get your car stolen there, but other neighborhoods, you're more likely to get mugged. So if you're saying, oh, this neighborhood is high crime, I'll go look for muggers, but that's a neighborhood where there's really not that many muggings. It's mostly a place for people to get a car stolen. Then you're looking for the wrong thing. And if you're going out at 4 in the morning and people are more likely to get mugged in a different neighborhood at noon, then you're looking at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so that's 
not going to be helpful in giving you a statistical likelihood of finding anything or finding what you're looking for. Is it, Marie, is that mapping system available on the Oracle site? Yeah, so I use Batch Geo, which is still out there, and it's still free. You have to organize the locations by uh, longitude and latitude. Um, you can yeah. also do it by address or by cross street, and you can organize it, and you can make a, a map of just about anything. So the maps that I created for New York are still up there. They're still yeah. on uh, on my blog. And I know you're working with a guy to create kind of a not a precog map, but sort of a like a, uh, a uh, foreseeing crimes when they happen kind of thing. How's that going? Uh, if you look at the data, it's once you the the great thing about Batch Geo is that you can color code it, so you can look at the same data, but you can highlight, you know, color coded by types of crime, color coded by what times of the day the crimes are committed, and so when you break it down like that, you can see patterns. Uh, so, for example, there was one subway in New York where there was a woman being mugged every single weekend outside of this subway station. So you, you, I really had to parse the data down really finely to see that and say, wow, it's like every week, it's like almost always on a Thursday, this has to be the same guy. He's just, for whatever reason, he's mugging someone. That's, like his, that's literally his Thursday night thing is to go to, this, uh, go to the subway station and <laughs> mug someone. So um, not my Thursday pa- night, but, you know. Party, so you can, party, party. You can see certain... You can see certain patterns when you look at the data once you once you parse it down. So yeah, it would be wonderful to apply uh an AI program to that and to have some kind of predictive ability. Yeah, that would be really useful. That it makes perfect sense and we're the whole time slot for things happening. Because we were talking with this was on the show um Mythwits last night and they were talking about how the just like you were saying, patterns um, and the crimes that occur therein. It's uh, one guy is an engineer. I know what, don't know what he was doing um, out on. He was out on the street, you know, ma- taking um, measurements or whatever he was doing at the time. And at different times, they became more or less threatening. Literal threat, where they would walk up to him and need to leave. You know, so he and his crew would have to leave. But at other times, it was, you know, everybody's just walking their kids down the street. So that, that makes absolute sense. At the time, the police blotters and those apps, um, this is completely, completely uh, essential for any real-life superhero who's interested in actually being effective out there. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, if you're going to have a team out there, you have a bunch of guys, like, even, like, six guys. And, and if you want, if you're really, like, gung-ho about wearing all that, all that, all that gear out there and being seen, like you should be using these maps. Like you should definitely be like using some kind of map, some kind of mapping system, to get to to make the utmost of of your numbers. That's just that's just a no brainer. Right. Before all of this, when you guys, Dimmer uh, and Zero, when you guys were in the uh, NYI and, and completely active in there, I, I noticed you would play this like. Park slow, or you were—you always had your finger on. Okay, what's going on recently? You know, what 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 do we need to know right here in this area? And then that's how you, it wasn't just some random patrol. 
you know? That Well, that was honestly, uh, I didn't say anything at the time, but we actually had a, uh, a journalist working for police blotter who would get, he would get the calls from, uh, from police and he would get the information and we could actually sometimes be there at the same time or before the police got there. Uh, in the case of the muggings in West Village, we were there about maybe half a week after it started, and that was before the news reports even said anything about it, other than there was a mugging here or there. But the the, the police blotter guy, he he spotted a a pattern and sent us in, and then Park Slope was the same deal. We we got the information from the crime blotter guy, and then we also got information from a resident in the area. So that I mean, the movie worked for us in that way, in, the, in that she, and this was a uh, Tango. You guys remember Tango, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was, yeah, she's, yeah, she's uh she's you know, ex military army sergeant, now she works with this uh vets against war uh group. But she called us and she was like, Hey, I'm gonna do a bait patrol, you guys are welcome to join me, but if you don't want to, I'm still gonna do it. And we were wow. able to get a bunch of license plate numbers and we and we actually we actually this is weird, we actually trailed a guy who was trying to break into women's homes at like three in the morning because five guys were trailing him from the bar nearby and they recognized us from the boards and the, and the, on the body armor and said, Hey, can we join up with you guys to get this guy? And we ended up putting that guy away. So, wow. That it's, 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 all, it's all about, yeah, man, it's all about like utilizing your, 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 uh, your scarf. Like we got a hold of the police blotter guy um, because we did a story with him and then he liked the way we worked so much from doing the story with us that he just, he said, hey, if there's any way I can help, let me know. And I said, well, you get the information for anybody else. If you could hook us up, I don't know if that's legal or not, but he's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not illegal. It's it's news. Once it gets to me, it's news. So. Right. Now, I'm thinking uh, in bigger numbers, if if uh, Arlesich teams, you know, could have access, they can, but if they could get one person that does this specifically, one, you know, minimum, to, to do this kind of work specifically to help direct their patrols. And that would turn more into missions. You can have something, you know, some goal at the end of the night instead yeah. of just we're going to wander aimlessly. Well, here's, here's the issue I have, and I have to, I have to bring this up because it, it's, it's not going to work for you guys the same way it worked for us because I'm not saying anybody's better. I'm not going to be a dick about that. I'm just going to say – we didn't use costumes. We didn't call ourselves superheroes. The people that saw us in the movies or in the media and the guy we worked with in the police blotter, he respected us because we showed up in, like, street clothes and we said we're here to do a job and we presented how we were going to do that job. You need to earn that respect or else the people who have the information, the people who are serious about doing this stuff, they're not going to believe in you. So you, you, I don't know if you guys need to, like, you need to like uh, rock some street clothes every every now and then to like work with the people to show them that you're just using this as a, as a media tool to get the the attention to it because you trust me you don't need to be in the tights 24/7 you really don't yeah you don't uh, gray man we were just we had a show on gray man in fact I think our last one was on gray man and how it can be very effective yeah I mean I'll I'll pound I'll beat that horse to death you know. <laughs> Now, I I want to know, and and really I'd I'd like to. Em, they, the guys have been uh, um, giving us their uh, two cents on on certain things. I I know that you've been doing this for a while now. You've been, in fact, has it become like a, a hobby to you almost uh, doing the you know the cyber researching? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I was um, I was heavily into my computers when I was from the age of like twelve. I, I you know, uh, built my own site. And I was a real dork, and um, now I get to be a dork with Z, which is rad because he's just as much of a dork as me. But yeah, um, no, I'm I'm. It's a definitely a hobby of mine, and any spare time that I have, I like to research and and you know go through the forums and see what's happening. And we were actually working on the um, Long Island uh, serial killer case, and we were able to give some information that we uncovered to um, a reporter that was writing a story on it. Um, so yes, yeah, definitely become a, a, a bigger part of my life now. So yes, we still are working on that case, by the way. Hmm. You know what? That would be fantastic if you could finally give us a wrap up to that, like you did with the you know, um, someone that you worked with, police our guy with. Um, but tips, because someone like me is sitting here going, "Okay, so where would I start?" Now, I know Zimmer, you've already given us some, uh, you know, great with the police blotters um, and the apps. Um, you guys, we our listeners are probably sitting there with little notebooks. I am. Uh, going, hey, give me some tips. Where do I start when, you know, in my area? Just say in my area. Well, most, you know, uh, a lot of big cities will have a newspaper with a crime blotter, and so that's mm-hmm. where I started to start building a map. A lot of times mm-hmm. they would give the, they're not going to give the exact address of, a, of where a crime happened uh, for privacy concerns, but they'll give the cross mm-hmm. street, especially if it's a street crime. Uh, and so you can put, I put those cross streets into a giant database and ran those through Batch Geo and then created over a dozen maps and color-coded for different things. So I had one that was just uh, just red and blue versus crimes that happened during the day versus times that happened at night. I had one that was color-coded by police precinct. I had another one that was color-coded by the time of day or the type of crime. Um, so you can, uh, you can parse the data pretty well if you have that data. Uh, and like I said, bigger cities are a lot more likely to have that crime blotter data. Uh, and smaller towns, it's going to be harder to come by. But it it can be a, a pretty common feature in a lot of newspapers. I'm, I'm just going to lean out for a second. And, and since I'm not working with the team anymore, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of my own preference now. It, I have sort of a advantage of being able to do quieter stuff. But um, it, one of the things I thought of was, if you guys like make a blog, just make a blog. Just doesn't matter if it's like heavily populated. But just make a blog and talk about crime cases and go and you can go out to these places and kind of present yourself as like a crime journalist. You could get more information that way. It's it you could have the you know because blogging is like you don't really need credentials anymore. You can just present yourself yeah. as like a crime blogger and say I'm here to you know collect information on this or that and you can get the information that you need. That's actually what I did back in Austin before the initiative. <laughs> there was a there was this startup uh, newspaper, like online newspaper, and I worked for them and um, learned a bunch of stuff about Austin. And I, I told them what I was doing. I told them that I was patrolling, and you know, if they're trying to get viewers, I'd, I'd probably be a weirder person to write a write a crime, uh, <laughs> like a journal every once in a while, like once a week column or something. Um, they hired me, um, and then the paper went under. So <laughs> I, I walked away with some skills, um, but uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, but, yeah, um, my my maps are up online um, on my blog, so you can check those out. Um, if there was interest, I would love to I would love to 
to jump back into it because it can, it can, it. I mean, it's not, it's not sexy. A lot of people don't like just parsing data on a computer. Uh, it is a lot more fun to go out and get some fresh air and go on a go on a mission. Um, but it can be rewarding when you have this really big, intellectually challenging problem, and you actually get somewhere and you get the data to tell you what you want the data to tell you. Um, Hell yeah! So I would recommend trying it yeah, out. Yeah, it's 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 a real thrill when you go out there and you kind of like you, you Batman people like people cut like you you encounter people and like these are people like in the area that don't really assume outsiders know what's going on and you come up with a piece of information and they're like, how the hell did you know that? You know. And then, and then they're even more interested in giving you information because then you've created kind of a mystique in their minds, you know, like they, they want to share with you because they feel like you're on shit, you know? This is fantastic. So, uh, this, I got a book coming out. Yeah, this is a shameless plug, but you guys just, this is a whole nother chapter. Thanks for, uh, for making me, um, move the release date back. But I'm just going, this is, how can you talk about how to be, seriously, how can you talk about how to be a real life superhero? If you don't know how to go about doing part of, I, I believe in the, the whole well-rounded thing, and this this is imperative. To have yeah. this skill, yeah, uh, because it's not so much a hit or miss anymore. This can help narrow it down. That's what you need. Well, you I think know? this is so, why we. I think this is why we have burnout in the community and yeah. the people that do stuff because so it makes sense. Like you, when you're first night out, it makes sense to do a patrol of your area, like where you live or where you work, this is natural, this is instinctual to protect the area that you're around, to know that area. But to keep doing that over and over and over again and not moving to further steps, you're just repeating your same first mission over and over and over again. And of course that gets boring. Um, You've got to branch out and find out not just how to secure your area, but what other areas need help and who in your area and who in your community needs help and needs your presence. Yeah. Within the RLSH community, there's like, there's, there's always been beat cops and there's always been detectives and the detectives, I hate to say it, I could probably count them on two hands, honestly. Mm Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the ones that you're right, because the big focus, because in kick ass, it didn't show him doing research. Not at all, yeah. you know. Kick ass. He, he and, and so many of these kids are modeling themselves after kick ass because visually, you know, it's like you said, it's not glamorous, you know, sitting behind your computer doing all that. But it is. It's so glamorous. Putting out, putting your costume, going out, and and some even look at a beat of passage. Like, okay, so I get beat up a little bit. Um, so what? I scars, and and now I'm an even tougher RLSH. The delusional. <laughs> thinking sometimes out there god so when i hear something like this when there's hey let's show you how to do cyber research let's show you how to be more effective it's a breath of fresh air and it makes perfect sense another good thing that would be good for people to check out is riseup.net and so i love that this is still up but this was a huge huge part of a lot of nyi missions for a few months there, it was probably like half yep. our missions was from this. Yep. So it's list.riseup.net, and there's a bunch of like left of center hippie activists, and they have all of these giant. Uh, they're all on these mailing lists. So they have over 17,000 mailing lists on this website. There's over seven million subscribers, and these are hardcore activists that are sharing knowledge of when demonstrations and protests are taking place. And so yeah. some of these are sanctioned protests by the government where they have license and everything, and some of them absolutely aren't. 
Uh, and yeah. either way, often these events are really understaffed. And so if you have first aid training, it can be really wonderful to show up because they may not, like the city may not have the funding to staff or they may underestimate how many people show up. So they think it's going to yeah. be a small protest and then it's a big protest and they don't have the staff to handle something. Um, and even if nothing violent happens, asthma is real. Someone could have an asthma attack. Someone could, uh, might be diabetic and have a diabetic episode. Um, and then if, if someone doesn't get to them in time, if there's a big crowd, you know, an ambulance can't get through a, through a crowd. So if EMS can't get to them quickly enough, that, that can make yeah. a huge difference. That can be life-threatening. Yeah. So showing up to these protests with first aid training, with de-escalation tactics, this can be huge. And this can be something where you accomplish more in an hour than you accomplish in a month of doing random patrols. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but the... I mean, the NYI, we pretty much handled Wall Street, like Occupy Wall Street's night security, like from like 1 to 6 in the morning. Like we, we took it. We were offered money. We were offered five grand to do it from the organizer, and we turned it down. But we knew about Wall, Occupy Wall Street before it was Occupy Wall Street, just from that Rise Up site. Like we knew about it. We kind of like said, you know what, this is something that, that Anonymous is involved with. And we got there, and we got thrown up against the wall and searched and all this shit. And the cops we talked to didn't know who Anonymous was. And I said, you cannot, you cannot afford to be that naive. You, you can't. But, yeah, well, like you said, that, like, there's, different, there's different roles for detectives and B-cups. Yeah, that yeah. was originally on Twitter. So in the 1970s, there was something called the Day of Rage against the Vietnam War. Uh, and so they were modeling that. So the first day of Occupy, no one said, we're going to occupy Wall Street. We're going to occupy Zuccotti Park. They had a Twitter yeah. account that said that they're organizing for a Day of Rage on Wall Street. Yep. And so since the original yeah. Day of Rage in the 70s it was an incredibly violent uh, incident, we wanted to be prepared. Uh, and so unfortunately, I wasn't in New York at that time. I really wished I was. Um, yeah. But I told the whole team, That's I was crazy. like, ah, this is happening. Um, but that became the first day of Occupy Wall Street. Um, no one knew yeah. that was coming. Yeah, we no went in. Yeah, yeah. We went in, like I said, we got thrown against the wall and searched and shit, and we just made our intentions clear. We stayed away for about uh, like quarter, three quarters of a month and then came back. And we kind of saw, uh, we went in and saw the the, camp, the encampment. And I made I made a remark that, you know, all your this 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 place is too big for you guys to have your food uncovered. Like they had all their food just out. I said somebody could come in here and just drop powdered glass into your food. You know, it's something as simple as that. Just having knowledge bring into a situation like foreseeing things that are going to happen, shit like that. We basically taught them de-escalation. Like we taught them de-escalation when we. There were people leaving their phones out and their computer out. They were like, oh, the, the community yeah. will watch my MacBook Pro. It's like, <laughs> no, no, they won't. They'll take it. This yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Then, do you, remember, do you remember we had guys posted like a block away from the encampment and they were seeing the vans pull up, like the city vans releasing like fucking people that were basically homeless and out of their minds? Yeah, well, that was confirmed. Um, so we, we talked to someone that confirmed that um, in the city. So there were there's people that go through – um, the mental health services in New York, and they're incredibly understaffed, they're underfunded, and they have to release people. There are not enough spots to just help someone indefinitely. And so they would release them, and so often they would try to release them near a church or near a soup kitchen or near a, near a nonprofit so that they have a better chance of, um, of not just going back through the hospital or going back through mental health services. And so what they started doing was dropping them at Zuccotti Park. And so yep. that was confirmed. We had people that had really serious mental illnesses that should not be on the street, but th that's the situation. That's who you have to deal with. Um, we had people with really severe um, uh, drug addictions. There was this uh, 
I shouldn't laugh, but there was this guy that uh, went in and he would he would take money and eat it. Like he ate a twenty dollar bill out of a donation jar. Just because <laughs> oh he was on a lot of meth. Well, there was wow. a rapist. He was in there, there was also a rapist yeah, one in three states in there that the police would the, the police refused to come into Zuccotti Park to take him out. We had to take him out ourselves. Oh my gosh. So, that was Zero's course. finest moment, for sure. That was the team's finest moment, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Anyway, wow. we're yeah, the, well, there was this. Yeah, there was, there, there was this woman who was in a sleeping bag, and this guy came up and rubbed up on her and, like, grabbed her and held her down. And she went to the police, and they wouldn't go into the park um, because it was, in, like, you remember, it was an incredibly um, yeah. po- you know, political powder keg. Like, it, police went in, that would be the front page news for yep. days and there would be huge yep. political backlash. And so Zero was able to work out a deal where if they could frog march this guy out of out of Occupy Wall Street so the police didn't have to go in and this woman was willing to make a statement, they would arrest him. And so they yep. were able to get him out and she made a statement and the guy went away. Yeah. And Bravo. the only other time police went in to Occupy Wall Street at night, the only other time was a police officer who saw me and she said, "Hey, aren't you that Zimmer guy from that superhero documentary?" And she like she read me the riot act. She was like, "I know you don't like cops," and like went down this list of like all of these things. And I was like, "No." And we had a good conversation about like I'm not I'm not anti-police. I you know I was, I was pointing out some some definitely some harsh facts for NYPD and was definitely being critical, but I'm not anti-police. Um, and she was really helpful and she really um, softened her tone. I feel like we had a a working relationship that would not have existed if it weren't for the documentary. I just want to say that that movie had a narrative and they followed their own narrative and it wasn't exactly reality, but it was, it still helped us out quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, well, we met you guys through that. <laughs> that guy would not have gone to jail for sexual assault if it were not for zero and the other great people at the New York initiative. So we had a lot that, of good that people definitely... at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. You guys, I, I remember, not that, you know, I know we're getting a little off subject. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, but I, I just want to say that, I, you know, when I saw that uh, movie, when Bug brought me to see it, not telling me what the hell I was going to be seeing that night, um, I, I was sitting there going, what is this? And when it got to the New York Initiative, I went... Yeah, I like those guys. If I were going to do this at all, not that I was even thinking about it back then, I go, yeah, I'd want to be more like these guys. Which I think yeah. is the consensus of people who see it. They go, I want to be like those guys. You know? So, yeah. It's it, it yeah. served, well, served a purpose, though. So. Well, slightly thing... back more on topic. Okay, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Right. <laughs> I, do, I just want to say one quick little thing. The only thing that divides the NYI from the rest of their OSH is our preparation. That's it. That's all, and that's what that was mostly from Zimmer, man. But like that, that most of that prep came mostly from Zimmer. Like I was the guy on the street that would apply the prep, but he was the prep. So that's the difference. Okay, but that can make all the difference in almost any situation is the prep. That's my point. So yeah, absolutely. Awareness and positioning. (laughs) Thank you, Bug. We drill it into the ground everywhere. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) Right. Okay, so back on topic, even though, because, you know, we got to have a whole, you know, we're going to have to have a show where we discuss all that stuff, because I've never had you two in the same show 
talking about this, and there's so much that we didn't know that you're bringing out right now, and we're going, whoa. This well, there's so much is- shit that we didn't want to talk about that was kind of like a, it was a, it was tactical, and we didn't know who was coming at us from like the right. public or like some fucking person that just hated us. We we had to keep our shit secret because we didn't know who was coming at us. Yeah. I I did brag, and I have told a few of these war stories at uh, 2014 at the Hope Conference. So so this is different than the RLSH Hope. This is um, Hackers on Planet Earth in New York. Um, yeah, yeah. And they've got another one this year. I'm headed back to New York in four days, and I'll be there. Um, what? But uh, yeah, I'm 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 back in I'm back in the U.S. this week. But uh, so yeah, so I I told a few of the I told a few of these war stories. I gave a talk called Vigilante Justice: Masks, Guns, and Networks, and I talked about how crime is organizing, and I'm talking about how people are organizing against crime. So there's really successful vigilante groups like the Gulabi Gang in India, which are women that try to stop child marriages yeah. and stop domestic violence, um, and they're fantastic. So I told stories like that alongside alongside stories of how organized crime is getting really, really serious and extremely sophisticated. Um, and I kept all of my notes for that. I kept all of my stuff um, organized with an app that's, that's out there for web and a lot of mobile devices called Flipboard. Um, and so any time you see a news story, you can save it in your own kind of online magazine, and it can be private or public. Um, but I was just putting away interesting crime stories just for months, um, into an organized crime folder, which uh, it's a it's a public magazine. I still post to stuff. Um, anyone can go check it out. Um, but when I was going to do this talk, I went back over all of those stories that I had saved. Um, and then in seeing things over several months, I again saw patterns that I was able to present to people that it's just hard. It's, it's hard to filter out the noise when you're doing your day-to-day thing. But when you sit down and look at data all together, there are patterns that anyone can see but you've really got to sit down and pay attention to it. So I would yeah. definitely, um, along with uh, RiseUp.net and Batch Geo and uh, your local crime blotter and your local library, I would definitely recommend Flipboard. Yeah, we've actually been, um, yeah, it's funny you say that when you start um, like putting together patterns and shit like that. We, uh, like I said, we've been uh, looking into the Long Island Killer case, and there's a lot of really fucked up stuff going on in there, including, like, I mean, M can tell you more about that, but it's it's there's like the commissioner John Burke of Long Island Police is actually um, he he waylaid the, the FBI and the FBI has only recently joined the the investigation uh, because he was under investigation for uh, beating the shit out of a suspect in custody um, for stealing wow. something. Yeah, yeah, and and oh, and then you get yeah. and but yeah, but here's the thing. Then you get into like you know John Burke was actually. He rose through the ranks because he was uh, the the key witness, the testifying witness yeah. in the case for the District Attorney Spoda of the Suffolk County Police, and he's he's done so much fucked up stuff. Yet he still rose through the ranks. Like there's so many things that are wonky about this case that are that are all they're all available online, but nobody's addressing. Nobody addressed the fact that that Burke was involved in a in that. Uh, in that case with Spoda, you know, and, and these four kids went to jail for shoving rocks down this kid's throat and killing him. And, you know, then you, it's, it's, a, it's a whole can of worms that we're opening. We're kind of talking to people and putting things together. And it's looking more and more like the Suffolk County Police has either something to do with this or is covering something up. Hmm. So, yeah, M. so where did you find all you hey. using the same things that uh, the Zimmer was talking about or, or additional things that we can use? 
Um, well, I kind of, I, I, I dug deep, you know, through forums. I would have to be skeptical to a point and check the credibility of information that people um, leave on there. I also, um, actually, it was completely accidental. I was looking into a cold case from the same area around the 70s, early 70s, and I found out that that uh, John Burke went to the same high school as a missing girl with the same MO as uh, uh, um you know, she went missing under the same circumstances as the Long Island serial killer victim. So I put that together. We we presented it to the journalist. And, you know, it's kind of concerning when you go to a journalist and they're like, oh, really? Oh, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. So, um, yeah. Wow. And That's that got very... published a few days later. Yeah. Um, the information we found online. So it's just yeah. a, a bunch of sources um, that we were looking into and just... Um, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting what you can find. And, and also people that have access to phone records and, and um, other information that you wouldn't normally find in uh, uh, media coverage online, um, they, they post. Um, so it's, it's really interesting what you can find um, through, yeah. through that. And now we're actually, our next plan is to contact the sister of the missing girl and to ask him about, or the brother of missing girl, ask him about what her connection was to John Burke to see if there was any connection. It's like these these are all things that, you know, that can be solved by people as long as there's enough people, you know, pulling their resources together. It's just, mm. Yeah, it's like a little pieces of a puzzle. And um, But I would say, you know, I think people shouldn't jump to conclusions. I, I know there's a lot of um, uh, databases available of criminal records uh, for people uh, you know, you can just type in a person's name and age and location. You can see what type of criminal record they have. Um, but I don't think they should be, you know, uh, assumed of guilt. I think um, people love to correlate a, a dirty past with, a, a, you know, recent crime activities or criminal activities. So I think people just need to be very skeptical with what they find online, uh, but just uh, bank all that information Um Wow. And like you said, uh, with Zimmer was mentioning, uh, Zimmer, you mentioned that, you know, when you're sitting there and then you're noticing all the patterns, you know, um, that yeah. what, after a while, I'm sure it becomes almost second nature where you're going, okay, that little tidbit, I should not just, you know, ignore that, that something there is, it will start sticking out to you. And the more you do it, the better you get at it as we're wont to do with most things. Uh, how long have yeah, you guys been in it? You've been doing it for a while um, since you said you were 12, and Jim's been doing it. Yeah. Well, I got to start I mean, today. You have to, you have to take into account that uh, Em was actually doing it like on her own time, not with a lot of crime-related stuff. But I mean, if you want to tell them, um, the, she did have a couple of occurrences in her life that definitely turned her, kind of like the rest of us did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can. That's fine. I was. Um, I'll just pull my hat out. Um, <laughs> I was, th- that's actually how I met Z and how I find out about the, the Arles Sage community in the first place was I was in college and I was, um, taking a, a public taxi and there were five people in it, three girls and two guys. Uh, but it was late at night and, you know, that's, that's a bit, uh, you know, street dumb. Uh, but I took it and I got kidnapped and held at gunpoint and they dropped me off at a highway, a random highway at, uh, two in the morning. 
Um, luckily, I put my phone on silent and stuffed it into my shoe, um, so I could call someone uh, to pick me up. But after that, I was just um, I just wanted to be constantly aware of crime happening around me and what I could do because as a victim, I felt quite helpless. And um, so then I ended up watching a documentary, and that's kind of how we got talking. And yeah, that's my story. Now we're married. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you know what? Thanks for for sharing that with us because um, that's some scary shit. And what you hope doesn't happen to anybody you know, much less yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's always a starting point for for someone wanting to know how to do something to make sure no one else has that happen to them. And yeah, I guess that's that's part of all our origin stories, either ourselves or, or we empathize with someone else. I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, everybody, see, and that's another show. You know, I try to keep these notes going, we've got to have a show <laughs> on that, on, on origin stories and and uh, if people feel like sharing. Because a lot of that stuff, regardless of how old it is, it, it doesn't get any less, you know, um, I don't know, painful to some of us to talk about it. So, so uh, yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. I am glad, though, that you are here today sharing this with us. Uh, I'll be honest, you guys, we didn't do a lot of this. We we learned a lot of what we learned from you guys, but we never really got to all of the cyber research when we were under your tutelage, Zimmerman Zero, as as I you know as I call it. But uh, I I wish we had because this stuff is is I'm kind of blown away right now, and probably a, a year from now you'll be going, God, you never talk to Rock anymore. She's Researching everything now, <laughs> which is yeah, it's, fine it's, it's really, it's really impossible to do this without some kind of that preparation. It's, it's just, it's just impossible. Otherwise, you're just a guy out there walking around, you know, looking at stuff and being suspicious. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's so yeah, right. Yeah, with, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Hubby. I think it's so right with the. Can I call you that? I think it's so right with. Um, Zian Zuma said was that these these two subcultures to, should work together because the these web sleuths should be like a sister community to the RLSH. I think I mean you could both really benefit from um, <clears throat> from each other. Some people aren't suited for groundwork and some people aren't suited for you know research. So the combination of the two I think would really go a long way. I'd, I'd love to see yeah. a pairing, like almost like a symbiotic relationship between like a one-on-one. Like you have a really good RLSH and then you have a really good web sleuth and they work together, you know, like there should be some kind of pairing of that. Yeah. I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I think you, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in the tech community um, that have been really positive about a lot of my work and a lot of my activism. Uh, so I think, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um the people at uh, um, different hackerspaces um, have been really excited about uh, the RLSH community, especially you know, like so. So, for example, there's some hackerspaces that are uh, Tor nodes. So that means that people that are trying to stay anonymous online are their IP address looks like it's coming out of that hackerspace when they can be anywhere in the world. So if someone's yeah. looking at something. No one like no one knows that it's them. They think it's this IP address, and so uh, a few hackerspaces they have a protocol for what happens when the FBI comes because the FBI comes all the time because someone was looking at something they weren't supposed to and they're doing an investigation. Um, so there are people that are trying to make a difference with technology, and so if you're trying to make a difference 
in the real world, they can respect that. If you come to someone and you're passionate about what you're doing and you're clearly coming at it from the right place and you're wanting to help, people are going to respect that if that's what they're doing too. So I definitely wouldn't be afraid to, to make friends in the tech community, um, kind of explain what you're trying to do and see what other people's skills are and see what kind of partnership you can make happen. Great suggestion. And, and oh, wow, you know, I, the, I've been in the RLSH community not as long as you guys have, but five years. And I, like you said, Z, I've never seen people, other than you guys, I've, I've never seen teams really work. You hear about some people doing some Oracle work while their team is out on patrol. You know, they'll be monitoring the situation. But as far as serious prep and as far as cyber research, I haven't seen it yet. I think that the team that would be the super team would be the team that actually pairs the two together and give the um, cyber research a huge chunk of time before the boots on the ground guys get out there to do what they're going to do. So, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if anyone listening to the show, because I think we're up to 45,000 listens total now, which is pretty amazing. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that someone listening in will, will take this back to their team and, and realize the importance of it. I know we will, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Emma actually has a list of, uh, I think she has a little list of links for some of the best sites that she's found for the web sleuthing. So if you guys want to include that in your in your after show post, then that would probably be useful for everybody. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Drop them. <laughs> yeah, drop them. We're going to keep them for ourselves. No, <laughs> I'm no, sure you are. We're going to show them. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that um, we feel like, and I know Recently, we were trying to find out more information ourselves about someone who was uh, harassing us. And, man, you know, just not knowing about all these other sites that you guys had mentioned tonight, we hit some serious dead ends going, wow, we can't find anything on these people or, you know, or any information because we're not, yeah, you know. People searches can really be the Wild West. Like, people searches yeah, that you can yeah. really get deep in the mud there. Um I I love uh, plugging my my talk at Hackers on Planet Earth, but there's another guy who's a really really successful private investigator. He's probably one of the top ten or top five private investigators in the United States, if not the world. And every year he gives the same talk at Hackers on Planet Earth called "Privacy is Dead, Get Over It." Um, his name is Stephen <laughs> Rambam. His last name is uh, R A M B A M. Uh, and his talks are absolutely fantastic, and he always goes over the latest ways where it's, you can just find out all kinds of just outrageously personal information about someone. Um, he had a, a, um, a running uh, uh, bet with a friend of his where the friend tried to hide anywhere in the United States and stay hidden <laughs> uh, for 30 days, and he could never do it. They tried it three times, even ditching his credit cards, ditching his cell phone, crashing on a friend's couch, avoiding the internet, he was still found. And That's so uh, Stephen Rombaum's kind of the expert in that area, um, and his talk is really, really uh, entertaining because he's uh, very conservative and he's in an audience full of liberals. Um, so it's, um, it's a lot of fun to watch. So I would definitely, um, if you want to just watch something that's just flat entertaining but also really educational, I would definitely recommend um, Stephen Rombaum's talk at Hackers on Planet Earth. Yeah. Okay, so definitely we got to we got to listen into that. I'm wow. So you can't hide from certain people, isn't that just kind of 
scary to think about. Not I mean, from, when you're on the other side not of from, it. Yeah, you can't hide from a private investigator like that. It, 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 again, it, it, you're getting into the mud. Like, you're getting into all of these sites. It's the Wild West. There's no, like, there's no Facebook of people searches, really. It's, it's still, like, a big swath of all kinds of different sites. So it, it, it's, but it's much easier to get access to that stuff than it was um, in the 80s. He talks about how, you know, in the 80s or 90s, you know, you'd really have to, you'd really have to work to get a recent picture of someone now. I mean, how, how easy is that to get on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram and find a picture of someone from 10 seconds ago? Right. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, he can take... And their food. But, and, and Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, and their food. So if you don't know what you're doing, it can be easy to get into the muds and get totally lost in people searches. But if you know what you're doing, you can find out just goddamn everything about someone. Yeah, wow. we're constantly leaving digital footprints everywhere we go. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, the whole Twitter, you know, every time, every time we, you know, every time I Instagram, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people know exactly where you are and what you're doing. There's there's no mystery anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, that can be... <laughs> That could be good, but it, starting out, it can definitely, uh, definitely be tedious. I, I do recommend uh, Rambam's talk because he goes over some of the some of the basics. We yeah, definitely check just out. just bookmarked it right now. Yeah, we've got the we're gonna check out the video together too. Man, um, and and you know this stuff. Even if you are doing it to to make a difference or or go out and patrol, you're not an artist. This is some really I see spending hours just learning about. You know how to find someone. How to that that game would be amazing if you were getting good at private investigating. You uh, know, yeah. yeah. Wow, crazy. Um, I'm sure there's some people listening going, challenge accepted. Right. <laughs> Damn, I hope so. I hope I hope at least you know a quarter of the people listening to this just go. You know what? I'm gonna get as damn good at this as I can because you know what this is. This right here is what's needed. You have a ton of guys out there just walking the streets, but none of them, and, and they all think that somebody else is going to take this role. And you know what? Nobody else is going to take this role because it's not the flashy role. So if you think you want to help, get out there and do what we're talking about and be that role. Know your role. Well, you know, I think another thing, exactly, I think another thing that, it, you know, is not just that they don't, uh, they don't think it's flashy, but I'll be honest, I think a lot of people don't want to get deeper into knowing what's going on in their neighborhoods because they fear what they might find. They fear that if they find, you know, that it's too much for them to handle, then that pretty much negates them going out and doing what they do. And they'd rather just not know and therefore go, I'm going to come upon some crime going on rather than knowing. I, I think a lot of people just really don't want well i think this it, gets reinforced you know? in the stories we tell ourselves like that that's the, that's the mm-hmm. story that's easy to film on a mm-hmm. tv show on a movie that that someone just uh, this comes across something um and it's it's so common that uh superhero we all love dale right uh mm-hmm. calls this the nazi frogman principle <laughs> where it's like yes spider-man you know spider-man can go outside um, and it is instantly attacked by Nazi frogmen because it's a comic book and there's only so many pages. You know, we, we can't have right. Peter Parker, like, you know, researching online for hours for like three or four issues until he finds something. And that's not a very <laughs> good comic book. So, of course, the enemy right. attack instantly. 
but that's not what happens in real life because there's much more pages. Um, so uh, you don't get you don't get the cut. So you, don't many get a, you don't get a montage moment. You have to actually be there for the whole time. Um, David Wong has a fantastic article on Cracked about how America has been destroyed by the montage sequence because everyone thinks yep. that something is going to be like five minutes of 80s power metal and then you're done. And that's not that's not how no. learning a new skill works. Um, no. So yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, so I people expect a certain thing because that's the stories we tell. <laughs> Emmy, you were saying you listen to 80s music, and and what did you say? And punch dance while I research. It's kind of a montage, I think. <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, you're absolutely right because it, that's funny that you mentioned that because right now, Bug and I are in the middle of this uh, 100 days thing. We we uh, we found this other inspirational website where uh, the irony is, yes, it is. It shows a montage at the end, but you do go through 100 days. You give yourself 100 days to get better at something or to to reach this goal. And you either take a picture or film yourself a little every single day so that at the end you have this little montage. But you did put in the 100 days. That's important. So, um, yeah. yeah, you just can't do it overnight. Uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned you uh, mentioned uh, uh, someone we know, someone named Superhero. And you know what's really funny about that? We've got him. He just called in. He's on the line right now. Archie Soups. It's superhero. You know what to do. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> can, can I can I just can I just uh, soups? Can I just thank you real quick? Because I just want to tell a quick story. Because superhero saved my life, literally. Okay? Oh bullshit! No seriously, <laughs> I was no. It's listen to this. Fun. Listen to this. No, listen, I was I was no, I was down south investigating. Um, uh, somebody that I was with for a while, but then found out that they actually that they're uh, one of the people they were involved with actually had a kill list, and we all know this story within the initiative. But I'm not going to go too too deep. But I got uh, uh, I got caught on a call to somebody giving information about the kill list, and I was heard, and I had to get out of the house fast. And superhero actually fucking bought me a plane ticket and got my ass out of there. I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty cool, he, too. He literally saved my life because I'm pretty sure there were – I mean, I was down south, and the gun that I had purchased that I was carrying around at the time disappeared, and I was getting treated differently, and I just – I felt like it was going to explode into some crazy shit. So he, he saved my life, man. So I thank you. Wow. wow. That's okay, bro. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> Living the gimmick. Yeah, Living absolutely. Living the gimmick. So That's next right. Tuesday when we have our there's a there's this thing called a real life superhero recruit welcome center. So but every Tuesday we share, hey, what good deed did you do last week? Just to kind of inspire, you know, um each other and <laughs> and such. So next next Tuesday it's I saved Jack Zero's life. <laughs> oh, now, it, it's a pretty big deal to me, man, because I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here today if he hadn't done that. Well, it's, we need you, buddy. I'm glad I'm glad it worked out, you know, yeah. for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Soups was excited to know that you were calling in, too, Zimmer. Uh, he's going, whoa, is he calling in from uh, China? And I was like, yep, he sure is. Yeah, beautiful, smoggy, post-apocalyptic day here in Beijing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The pollution is really wonderful this time of year. Oh, oh breathe, it, breathe it in. Beautiful. In. Beautiful. Hey, beautiful. Rock, can, can I go back to an earlier remark of yours about um, 
if people you know people don't want to dig deeper because they think that they're going to uncover something they can't handle. Um, yep. If you're if you're creative enough, you can handle anything, and that's that's the dead honest truth. It doesn't have to be all about you and what you can do. If you're creative enough and you know how to leverage situations and people, including the police, including the FBI, I've done it. Both police and FBI have done it. You leverage people into doing things, or you give people just cause. You can be the reason that the cops have just cause to go in to take care of something. Bravo. Yeah. There you go, guys. I just wanted to call in and say hi because it's rare to get Zimmer and uh, Zero together in the same spot, and I haven't gotten to talk to either of them in a while. Uh, Right. I wanted to, first of all, say hi and then see if anybody's going to be in New York at the end of August. August, maybe. I, uh, I might be in New York at the end of August. I might be okay. actually in Africa. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what's going on with that? Or can't you well, talk about that? No, the lady the lady that's on the line right now, M, is actually my wife, and she's she's South African, so I'm probably going to be hanging out there for a bit. Wow, and, cool. I know, yeah. jealous. There's, so jealous. Well, there's a, that's the thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be part play, part work, because there's a lot of shit over there that we need to look into as well. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say hi to both of you guys because it's been a long time. Uh, I hope I fare better oh, yeah. in New York this time. The last time Zero put me <laughs> up in his place, last time I was there, and I got deathly sick. Yeah, man, and, you were uh, fucked. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I didn't even make it to the superhero thing that was going on. I had to book an early flight and come home, but that turned out to be a good thing because the October storm started as we were leaving Yep. So, yeah, we got very lucky in that respect. Uh, I'm probably the last guy that should call in on a uh, a cyber <laughs> night. I could get lost with a GPS, but uh, <laughs> it's like he said about, uh, you know, everything is prep work. Uh, the thing to remember is people are, what's the expression? Oh, yeah, uh, Losers think about tactics. Winners think about logistics. Yep. Oh, everything nice. Everything is prep. Yeah, everything is prep. When you're headed out the door, you know, do you have your first aid kit? Does your flashlight have batteries? Does yep. the car have gas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, winners think yep. about logistics. That's definitely true. Uh I guess the old, I heard you mention the Nazi frogman story. I guess the Nazi frogman story is kind of giving away in the 21st century. Now you can literally Google up Nazi frogman and know where they are and go kick their ass. I think, I honestly think that if you say Nazi frogman three times in the mirror, that superhero will appear. That's, that's obvious. That's, <laughs> Thanks, Zimmer. Yeah. I'm gonna try it after this. <laughs> oh, man. do it, man. So, oh, so New York. But now, the in the August. information age, it just kind of makes that story seem less relevant because yeah. now you literally can find the Nazi frogman. Yep. Yeah. So, one more time. Wow. Say it one more time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll disappear in the parking lot. Seriously, super superhero showing up full costume in my bathroom would make me piss myself. <laughs> oh man! We have to film a short film about that now, or something. Now, 
Now, Soups, you're going to be in New York at the end of August. What are you going to do in New York, if you don't mind me asking? Well, pleasure or, or business? Oh, well, no, it's pure pleasure. Uh, Cody Rhodes <laughs> has left uh, WWE, <laughs> and he's going to have a match with Kurt Angle. Oh. Uh, hey. Up in uh, a place that's just outside of the city. Like, it's about a two-hour train ride out of the city called Win... Uh, Winnipequa. It's it, that's it. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a stadium there, and it's going to be Kurt Angle versus Co- Cody Rhodes, and one of them is a legend, and the other is going to be a legend. And uh, they're doing the whole autograph thing and everything. And I'm trying to talk Lady Hero into going up there since it's only about a two hour plane flight, and we were thinking about taking a train ride anyway. And uh, so I should hopefully be in uh, New York at the end of August if anybody's going to well, be up there and wants to. Yeah, we'll have a day or so for the city and yeah, a day I'm or so for antiquing. So. Bug and I are going to be there. It should be about 100 degrees in August, so it should be about a, a nice winter day in Florida for you. Yeah. Cool. That's why, yeah. Bug, Bug and I are going to be in August. Uh, We'll be up there in August at the end of August. Um, Zimmer, if you're going to be there, oh man, I would I would be so happy if if you guys if we could hook up somehow. That'd be fantastic. Now, I, know oh, oh, I, I, will, I will be in New York in August. I don't know if I'll be there in the end of August, but uh, oh. but yeah, oh. New York's the place to be. I miss it. Been yeah. in China ten months so, now, uh, so <laughs> I'm I'm good on New York for a while. Coordinate the whole thing. I'll throw my gimmick in my bag. Sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, we'll that reminds me. You guys won't believe this. It's a slightly off topic here, but it, uh, when I was leaving New York last time, since uh, I know you were talking about doing the whole Occupy security and everything when I was up there last time, I brought my body armor with me oh, because shit. I was expect yeah because I was expecting to go do Occupy stuff with you instead of getting deathly ill. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Uh, as I'm leaving to get back onto the plane, uh, some little kid recognized me from HBO, and I scolded his mom for letting him watch HBO. And uh, <laughs> then they put superhero. me through the ultimate, everywhere. <laughs> the ultimate yeah. superhero response. I cannot. I can now yeah. not picture then you doing he, anything. As, that's the only response from you. <laughs> yeah, and they put me uh, through the thing. And I got to the other side of the scanner, and they said, sir, can you come here, please? And I was like, oh, shit, they found the body armor. <laughs> and, I get o- and I get over to where the two TSA women are there, and they say, open up the front pouch. They could have cared less that I had body armor. They were worried that I had protein bars. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's just, yeah, that's, I've gotten yeah. – I've, I've never not gotten flagged for body armor. armor. <laughs> I don't think they even knew it was there. They were way more concerned that I had the the protein bars in there. Yeah, they never the cared. I've, I've flown internationally with body armor. I've flown in China yeah. with body armor. They don't care. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe care. it. Yeah. <laughs> I could not That's believe wonderful. it. Hey, you know what? I had a freaking full suit of, like, welded armor to go to L.A. No one questioned me at first. Oh, second. my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. Those, those protein bars, Yeah, it's though. amazing what they do pull you aside for, but don't pull you aside for. Yeah, they're, I just, I just, they're, they're, they're fine with body armor, but they don't want you getting jacked. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's just, they want you to just, buy the food I, on the I, plane. No games. I, no I, games I had that story in the back of my head all these years, and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that when I was leaving Jack's place. Yeah, no, I was in China. I had body armor, and they were fine with the body armor, but they, they confiscated the Apollo, the, the wearable solar thing I made, oh, no. because oh, it had a battery. Oh, and the battery, the battery had, a, had Velcro over uh, the part of the battery that says um, how many volts it is. And so they wouldn't yeah. allow it through because there's so many um, Chinese oh manufactured batteries that don't have specs on them. And then they explode on the airplane. And so wow. they said, you can't take this. The body armor is fine, but I'm taking this battery. So, <laughs> so yeah, I China's don't know, great. dude. The army oh, over on. there may be reverse engineering that thing right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think, <laughs> I think they probably have, they have, uh, they have some pretty good solar second uh, yeah. batteries. I think they're set. I mean, now, that battery got, definitely came from China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got a, a question in our chat room from someone who actually – and, and Soups, you, you may have an answer to this, too. So uh, Bug is going to ask it. Yeah. So it says, uh, here's a question from a real-life suburban mom uh, from a Facebook friend. What would you guys do? I need some sleuthing. And, yes, I've turned into the crazy old lady in the burbs. <laughs> so my neighbors across the street are really bizarre – I've only seen a bunch of young folks, maybe 19 or 20-year-olds, and everyone who arrives just sits in their car for hours. Someone will come out of the house and, and join him or her for a few moments, and they just sit, and they're here all day, every day. At first, I thought the guy that lives there was a dealer, but I just saw him get a pizza delivered to his car. Any thoughts? That's not, that still sounds like a dealer. Yeah. Does she does she get like a weird smell from the house? <laughs> Christ. Okay, so <laughs> Yeah, no, no, fact, no. Yeah, when so they're what, cooking, what, yeah, you can smell it when they're yeah. cooking. I've been in a neighborhood where they have yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. What yeah. they're doing is just they're just going out, exchanging the money and the drugs and probably bullshitting for a while, maybe smoking up, shit like that. Uh unless personally unless they're a violent offender, I'd say leave it alone because we have enough stuff to worry about with violent crimes and are being investigated to have to worry. They have to go after drug dealers and shit like that. There's no point. This is true. Yeah, she doesn't yeah, say if they're underage, it's important. To... Yeah. Yeah, if, if they're underage, it's it's good to talk to parents about that because a lot of yeah. times, yeah, yeah. Uh, once, I mean, kids are smart. Once you're a teenager, like, you know, you you just don't know what they're what they're up to unless they tell you. Um, they're sneaky. So, uh, and if they're underage, there can you can sometimes make headway by talking to parents about it. Um, but it sounds like she hasn't actually seen anything going down. Just something that's, I mean, obviously sketchy. So maybe I, the, I got, it depends on where they are. Is this a hot area? I mean, I'm from Texas. I can't imagine just sitting in a car all day. But maybe there's somewhere where that's acceptable to sit in a car all day. I gotta say, I'm hearing young kids and pizza. I'm gonna say pot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. eat. If anything, meth makes you not want to eat, right? Yeah, right. man. Like meth, meth, you're not going to eat. You're not going to sit there for a while. You're also not going to sit there visibly in a car for anything harder than pot because you're young, you're dumb, you're probably smoking some weed, eating some pizza in the car. You think you're, you think you're big shit. It's, it's nothing more than that. And if it's pot, leave it alone. But if it's something more than that, then yeah, it's, it's worth investigating. But don't get a bunch of kids in trouble over pot because there's mad people in jail over some goddamn marijuana. And mad rapists out there. Like, look at the fucking swim team captain who's out there on six months. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. 
Yeah, Piece don't even shit. get me started on that guy today. Um, Piece of shit. But I, I hear them uh, concerned, though, about the, the age because they're underage. And um, my only concern would be, are you driving after that? You know, I don't care if you get high. I don't care what, you know, whatever. But are you driving? Because I'd hate yeah. to see one of them, you know, kill somebody or themselves because they yeah. were high and driving. That's, that's, that would be my concern. That's true. Yep. Although yeah. they're high, you probably take off at, like, seven miles an hour after that. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Well, unless it's ecstasy. Yeah, if it's, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, but God. I mean, who does ecstasy in a car? You know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who does anything let's, in a car. Like, why would you do it in touch car? each other in a car? Right. Yeah. It's the whole car thing that's that's throwing me off. Uh, the chat room saying most folks just suggested calling police or you know having patrols roll through there. Um, Could they yeah, be smoking weed out? We're so imaginative. Think of the house. That could be. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Everyone's like, just call the police. And we're like, no, but this, but this. Ooh, you could do this. Yeah, yeah, because you could <laughs> well, run yeah, the obviously, place. Then. Obviously call <laughs> the police, terrible. genius. We're terrible citizens. <laughs> yeah. Well, the we're thing like, is, ooh, okay. The, no, no, the reason, the reason I would suggest calling police right away is because they tend to overact about a lot of shit, and I would hate to see some kid's life ruined over some pot. So maybe yeah, find out some more information before you do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if they're not doing, I, I don't hear her saying that they're doing anything, you know, like they're not vandalizing the neighborhood. They're not terrorizing anybody walking through. So <laughs> They're not playing that, that loud rock and roll music. Yeah. That newfangled <laughs> rock and roll. The devil's music. Right. <laughs> they're not gyrating their hips. That's probably <laughs> another reason that, or another indicator that they're just out there smoking weed or something because they're they don't want a noise complaint. And if they're not they're... blasting music or anything, yeah, there's another indicator right there. Yeah. Yep. So honestly, it's just like you know, unless they're doing something wrong, it's, it sounds like the consensus is just just let them do their thing. You know. Besides that, if you're the now now far be it from all of us on this show right now to say don't snitch because that's not okay now we're we're the snitches well god i don't want to lump you guys all into that but we're the ones who who try to go after that stuff but in this case ah come on you know just unless it's such a minor offense yeah exactly exactly but when you're you know when you're a teenager you don't know what your limit is and so i'm not against teenage like any teenager drinking like ever but when you're 18 or 19 and you've never been drunk at a party before you don't know how much alcohol is too much and it's the same for everything right so yeah. are you are you going to overdose on marijuana and it's going to kill you no but could you get no. really high and you re- get a, like you you really freak out or someone takes advantage of you yes absolutely that could happen uh or if you if you're driving um intoxicated and someone else is texting could you dro- could you die in a car accident absolutely so i'm not against I'm not going to say I'm pro-drug, but I'm, not, I'm, uh, I'm definitely worried about people's safety, not, um, not preventing people from, from doing whatever they're going to do. It's just that when you're a teenager, you don't know. You don't know how your body's going to react, uh, and I just want everybody to stay safe. Yeah. yeah, you know, honestly, if it were out in front of my house, I'm wondering if I would try to establish some type of relationship with them and let them know, hey, dudes, if you guys are ever, you know, if you need to get back home, just let me know, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, well, that's best case scenario. When their hearts but and honestly, minds. 
you know, that I would let him know. I'd be like, I'm not going to bust you. I don't care. I just don't want to see any of you getting hurt, you know, on the way home. So before you try to drive home high, just let me know. And, and maybe I can help you get home safely or, you know, some. And also that lets them know you're not the enemy out there. Yeah. So, you know, that maybe if something goes down, hey, that lady offered her help. Something goes bad, you know, maybe they do take more of what they can handle than what they can handle. They, they can go to you and go, hey, can you help us out? You know, so, I don't know, maybe trying to establish some type of working relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. She should, start, she should start a GoFund. She should start a GoFundMe account to buy them a pizza and then have a delivery. <laughs> Bring it over with her phone number and say, and just feel like I know you what can you hit did me up. Yeah. yeah, just you can turn me up. And I know what you did. Oh <laughs> I saw what you did. If someone's being weird at a party, you should just call me. Uh, oh, man. So you hear that, it's like, a really, it's like a really boring version. I know what you did last summer. Right. You hear that? Any kids listening to this right now, you, you hear that? You've got a friend in us, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, swear you you to God. I did that for a lot of friends in high school. We we actually know a personal case um, about kids that went straight to the cops, um, you know, after doing drugs. Uh, they were wow, uh, yeah. hallucinogenics, and they went to the cops <clears throat> because they were really, you know, they were freaking out. And the cops actually turned on them uh, assaulted them, um, you know, messed with them because they were on, on drugs, messed with their minds, and then actually got, uh, you know, they got a, uh, what would you call it here, like a um, a record because of that. So, yeah, so he, got a, he got a felony. Well, I can just tell you, I mean, you don't, none of you know who, who who's who. So my nephew is actually the one who got, he got slipped drugs at a party, both of him and his girlfriend. They were given some Jolly Ranchers that were apparently dipped. And oh dear God! They got really fucked up, and they went to the oh. cop for help. They they left the party, got dropped off at Turkey Hill, which is like a mini, a mini market up here. Uh, they went to the cops for help. The cop flicked lighters in their faces, and then when they went to put his girlfriend on the ground, he freaked out and tried to get him off of off of her. And then cops attacked him, and he he beat the show like four cops because he's a he's a huge kid. Because my family's you know we're we're good stock, so. But he beat the shit out of like four cops, and he's oh he got himself God. a felony, but he only got six months probation. Um, wow. Yeah, because yeah. they fucked with him. They, they didn't want that kind of lawsuit, you know. Good lord. Of, of course. So you got to be you careful know, when you go to cops. Exactly. Yeah. There's always the bad ones. I'm not going to, you know, I still support, their, we have them in the family, but, man, it's those bad ones that just, ah, oh, God, they can just. That's the thing. That's, that just goes to prove another point. you got to know your cops. You have to know your area cops, and you have to know which ones are the ones you go to and which ones are the ones you fucking avoid. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, we got, we got a couple of... One thing I was of... always known for was a good rapport with the police down here. Yeah. Right. You got to have yeah, it. Yeah, we, we've got a couple of good ones that we, we absolutely... You know, we get a, give them hugs when we see them at the grocery store here, so, so yeah, yeah you absolutely have to know. Even if yeah. you don't want to work with them, you need to know who they are. Yeah, exactly. Rocks, are you coming up to a wrap on this? I am. It is. It is three minutes to the end of the show, oh, and Rock, I'm... I think he just told you to shut up. Yeah, okay, you know. Let's really quick, and I'll let you wrap up. Yeah, uh, go ahead. For the pictures. What are you gonna do with the, it? The RLSH calendar for the pictures. Yeah. Good enough of of Lady Hero. The pictures oh. were. Perfect. That's exactly what I needed. And speaking of calendar, we just decided tonight, because there was talk of it, 
earlier and Zimmer, Zero, and Soups, uh, and Bug, there's going to be a guy's calendar, too. It's for charity. It's for Project Hope. Oh, so, God. Uh, it's superhero. Oh, oh, no, oh, God, me. You pose for everybody else. You could pose for us. <laughs> so, you know, so we'll talk more ask, about you know that what? later. I'll you can ask, ask my wife. It's up to her. I, my know what? question was for her. I wanted to know if there were any superheroes in South Africa. There will be. Mm-hmm. There will Something be. Now yeah. <laughs> in fact, we should get your I, wife into the calendar, too. We Our sales would go up right. immensely. So, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, we can talk uh, about this off Maybe if I was isolated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess oh, my okay. third thing would be, okay, let's try and coordinate something for the end of August. We'll start discussing uh you know how we're all going to rub elbows up there, and I'll Absolutely. let you guys wrap it up. And it was good talking to everybody. Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. you man. Thanks for calling in. Too. Oh yeah, thanks so much for calling in. And you know what? With that, I want to thank my guests because you guys really made my night. It was great to hear Zimmer's voice again, all the way from Beijing. Thank you so much, sir. And after ten months in China, thanks, you are coming back. Um, and then Zero, always fun to talk to you. And I think I like talking to M more than I like talking to you because her voice is prettier. <laughs> yes. Thank I understand. you so much, Em. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, guys, I, Thank you so we, much. We, we, you, you don't even know. You lit this fire now. Bug and I are like, ooh, we got to check it. We just bookmarked everything you guys told us. So we're going to check it out. <laughs> and I well, really hope that, that. There you go, right? I really hope the rest of our listeners, especially the RLSH, Take this all to heart. This prep is absolutely vital to yep. successful missions, to being effective out there. Um, and really quick, next thir- this Thursday, actually, we've got another show coming up talking about the Warrior Dash and those warriors that just came back from crawling in the mud. Uh, Zero, you remember doing that with us. It was so much fun. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was amazing. So thanks, everybody, and um, we have all the links online at our Heroes 101 Radio Facebook page. Until then, you guys, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. Love you, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Peace. Stay super. Thanks for having me. Christmas meat, best I can do. Get out of here. Bring me more photos.